The production of this program is made possible thanks to the support of the following and viewers like you. Renowned acupuncturist Dr. Linda Rapson was the 2021 co-winner of the Dr. Rogers Prize for Excellence in Complementary and Alternative Medicine. The $250,000 prize is the largest of its kind and available only to those who conduct their work in Canada. Dr. Rapson is an appropriate recipient. Throughout her career, she has battled the establishment. From the time she left medical school in the mid-1960s as one of only 13 women, she has broken down barriers and, as stated on the Dr. Rogers Prize website, swam uphill, developing unfailing courage and a thick skin to ensure that her creative and caring view would reach the conservative medical community. In 1974, after about a decade of practice as an MD, working with patients who were suffering from acute and chronic pain, Dr. Rapson entered the practice of acupuncture. Once again, she was a groundbreaker. She has advocated for patients, access to acupuncture, gone to battle with regulators, worked with chiropractic, naturopathic, and acupuncture professional organizations and associations. Dr. Rapson has applied acupuncture treatment in hospice settings for people in palliative care um, beds, led groundbreaking HIV AIDS treatments. She is currently introducing acupuncture as a treatment for people facing opioid and drug addiction challenges. I invited Dr. Linda Rapson to join me for a conversation that matters about acupuncture. Dr. Rapson, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. You are one of the co-winners of the most recent Dr. Rogers Prize. How significant is this prize in helping to consolidate the reputation of acupuncture and other complementary and alternative medicines? And we'll talk about you know that term a little bit later um, because maybe alternative is out of date. But how important is this prize that this recognition exists? Well, I think it was brilliant of them to start this prize and and brilliant of them to recognize that if the if it was a big amount of money, it gets a lot of attention. And that's, you know, that's the truth. Um, but so it became obviously in, among people like myself, uh, a prize that we thought we would like to get, but never dreamt we would. Uh, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's helpful because they, the, the, the uh, Dr. Rogers people are so aggressive about it. I mean, they have, uh, when the things announced, they're, they're going directly to the newspapers and they're, you know, set, putting out material to make, make sure that people pay attention. If we take a look at a young practitioner who is starting to move into the field of integrative medicine, it's easier for them, especially when there is this kind of recognition that comes with the prize. Uh, is that one of the other benefits of having this prize, that it helps newer generations as they enter the discipline? Well, I, I think that's that's true. Um, on the other hand, I, I think that uh, there's so much discouragement in medical school about uh, learning about nutrition, let's say, um, that um, uh, it falls on deaf, deaf ears, I think. Why do you think that is? Because, you know, you go back to the China study, the book uh, where they pointed out 
that in medical school, they're not looking at the correlation between diet and cardiac health. And here we are 19 years after that book was published, and still you're saying the same thing? Well, I think you have to be, you have to agree that, that one thing COVID has taught us is that big pharma is running the world. And we found that out early because our Integrative Medicine Association, the SEMA, we, 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 as soon as it happened, we started having weekly uh, Zoom meetings to develop a protocol for re recommending how people could prevent, prevent getting it. And we got nowhere with this, this distribution of it. Nowhere. And we, we, uh, that was the first indication I had that it, that it was not going to be easy to get anything that's not mainstream into the, into the mainstream. Well, you've been fighting this battle for a long time. You know, it starts with the beginning of your medical career. Um, you know, the fact that you went through traditional uh, medical route and became an MD. I, I was very proud of being an MD for a few years before I started wondering about some of the, you know, the way things were going with it. Um, and, and I'll tell you, if I hadn't been naive, uh, when I, you know, as I tell the story, I, my, my mother-in-law convinced me I should go and learn acupuncture because uh, she had such a terrible pain in her neck. And I, um, and so she loaned me money to go because I, I said, I can't, you know, all the kids were little and I wasn't working. And, and she brought me a hundred dollar bill and she wasn't a rich person at all. And, uh, and so I, I went and I was blown away. I, and I had a three day, I had three days of training and I was getting the most amazing results with what I was, when I treated patients. I couldn't believe it. I was like a kid in a candy store, really, literally. And I thought everybody would be in medicine, would be thrilled to bits like I was, that we finally had something that could help people with pain. I mean, when, when a person with back pain walked into my office when I was a GP, I just wanted to, you know, jump out the window because we knew nothing about it, really. We, we weren't trained very well at all. And, uh, and so when I could, you know, put a needle in somebody and bang, their pain goes away, I thought that that's wonderful. And, uh, and I, as I say, I was, I was, I was naive and I went ahead and, uh, and got more, you know, tr more training that was, you know, the kind of thing that is just the, you cobble it together because, uh, the Acupuncture Foundation of Canada was just starting. And uh, I was learning from the doctors who uh, had gone before me. Joe Wong hadn't been, come on the scene for about a year uh, after that. And so um, I, I, and I, when I decided I was going to leave my practice and go and work in the Acupuncture Foundation clinic the next year, um, the people I was working with thought I was not, that I'd lost my mind. They really did. They thought <laughs> I was crazy. And I, I was, um, I just couldn't see how you could turn away from it. It was, it was such a, a, a welcome thing to know that you can do something to help people. That must have been a challenging decision because you had already been a groundbreaker getting into medical school 
You know, as I mentioned, you were one of only 13 women in that class of 120. 126. 10% uh, was the quota. It was a quota. So you really pushed against the odds there, and you made it through. And so to do all of that and then say, hmm, I think I'm going to turn my back on that for something uh, that I think... But I wasn't turning my back on it. Okay. I, never, I never turned my back on it I, because I was... I was and, and in those days, I knew right away that, you know, you got to do this all really well because, you know, the College of Physicians and Surgeons can, will come after you if you do something that's out of, out of the norm. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing about me was that, oh, that I, I didn't have to, I wasn't the, main, the, main, the breadwinner in my family, really. My husband was. And so I could practice medicine the way it should be practiced. I didn't need to earn a certain amount of money. And that's one of the problems that we have with medicine now is, you know, people decide how many, how much an hour they, they want to bring in and that's how many visits in and out they squeeze into an hour. And that's, that's not, that gets in the way of critical thinking. It, it's a, it's really bad for for uh, for everybody. Well, it becomes only diagnosing symptoms and dealing directly with that, rather than having a more holistic view of the patient that is expressing those symptoms. And 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 so we were very careful to um, do everything properly with the way you would in in medicine. But the college still went after me, they, you know, without a complaint. They they went after me and. Uh, and it, and I, I was fortunate because uh, um, they finally went after one of the other doctors. So she, because I, I couldn't have my own husband defending me. I had to have some other guy who was my lawyer. And, um, and, and when this other doctor went after her, same thing. No, no complaint, nothing. Uh, my husband, who was a very, very good lawyer, he he. Uh, issued a, some kind of a document to, demanding that all the people on the committee that were purported to think that she'd done something illegal would have to come before a judge and, and could have to swear it under oath. And, the, and both the cases were dropped. But you stood a chance of having your medical credentials being revoked. Yeah, sure. It's a big risk. Yeah, it is. But after that, mm. I, I was safe for, because they knew who he was. <laughs> you know, and and I I um, there was no reason to come after me. You know, acupuncture is the safest thing you can do. It's safer, I think, than doing nothing. Mm. Because when you do nothing, then a person may die from whatever it is you didn't treat. So I I don't think there's any you know any any uh, question about that. So you start to advance into the world of acupuncture, uh, especially around pain management. What were the those initial, you know, treatments that gave you such promise and made you say, "This is uh, where I'm focusing my energy"? Well, it was just a um, a collection of a lot of uh, of, of successful uh, treatments. You know, it was it was it was it became the norm. To now, over the years, uh, I'm, I'm much better at it now than I was when I started, <laughs> and uh, and I've learned a lot of different uh, techniques along the way. Most recently, 
uh, well, it's 10 years ago, but most recently, uh, scalp acupuncture, which, um, oh, I just happen to have a book here. This is the book. This is the, um, the book that Jason Howe wrote. And we had him come and give a, le a lecture, a, a weekend course for us back in, in 2012, so it was 10 years ago. And I was, and then again, after all these years, I was like a kid in a candy store again, because this is so, is so powerful. What you're doing is you're, you're stimulating in the scalp over the part of the brain that needs to be helped in one way or another, calm down or you know, whatever, or stimulate it, whatever. And uh, we had, I have the, the videos from the course that he gave where he, we had, a, we had a man who had a very serious brain injury and he had a paralysis down one side and he, uh, he had been sent home from uh, the rehab hospital with a, he had a contracture of his knee and it didn't matter because he couldn't walk. And Jason Howe, in, and I got it all on videotape, uh, right in front of the, this course, he got this guy's arm and leg moving. And he was, the woman who brought him was a physiotherapist who was doing home care with him. And she treated him, he, he was treated at the course in June of uh, 2012. And she treated him at home until... Uh, uh, beginning of August because she had a baby so she couldn't <laughs> yeah. and then in September he went for a checkup at the hospital to where they'd sent him home the one they'd sent him home from and now he was a perfect candidate for serial casting to straighten out his leg because he was walking and and two years later when Jason Howe came back to Toronto um, the, the man couldn't, and his wife couldn't come because they were going to a wedding or something. So the physio who had treated him, she went there and got and did a video. And he was sitting in a chair. He had a four-point cane. He stood up. He got up himself. He walked about 30 feet, and he turned around and came back and sat down and smiled at the camera. The same guy who, was, who had a, a complete paralysis. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. And when, and when Jason, ha we saw the, the people that he treated, and, and another course, uh, there was a, a, a same kind of thing, a guy with a, with a stroke, and he gets him going. Now, that's not the end story. There was somebody, who a woman who had an MRI and had a huge problem and, and uh, with sens sensitivity to sound and noise and stuff. And, uh, and she, we saw the, the MRI. There was a where the where the lesion was and he he turned her right around i mean it was incredible what he could do when it comes to the use of acupuncture in the treatment of pain are we talking primarily about chronic pain rather than acute pain no we're talking acute pain is really fun to treat because you can you you can get such a, a dramatic change if a person has a a, a pain that is um, where there's an overactivity of the sympathetic side of the nervous system. You put a needle here and the pain goes right in five minutes. It's, and and I, I, have, I, I have slides where, uh, for a case about that, which was a woman who was in, uh, in Lindhurst Hospital and the, re the rehab where I've, what I'm attached to. 
And we asked, we asked for, do you have any patients? Because we were doing a course and they brought her to us. And she had, she was heartbroken because she had had surgery in September of 2004. This was beginning of December. And she, she had horrible pain, just horrible pain. And the day before she came to us, she had gone to uh, a multidisciplinary pain clinic in a, one of our teaching hospitals. And they had said they would get her back in January and they would do a, a block in her, a nerve block in her neck. And she went back to the hospital in tears because she was in such agony. So she came, they brought her to the course and she was able, she was able to walk with, it, with assistance. And when they took her, her coat off, her jacket off, as it went over her hand, she shuddered. You know, she had from the pain. Oh, from the pain. Hmm. She she had she had about only twenty degrees abduction out, out here. She it was it was stuck and it was horribly painful. And uh, and so this I was treating her in front of a class of people taking a course. So this was my first needle, and the pain went from nine down to. For three or four in five minutes, just okay. What's happening there? Turned off the the overactivity of the of the sympathetic, and and then we did a I did other points too, and we eventually we eventually got her so that we could get her arm out far enough to, so I could put a needle in into her arm her axilla, her armpit to get at the uh, the um, nerves going down down her arm. And and this woman, we turned that pain right off. And she she had been taking Percocet. That's how it was being treated at the hospital. And she was doing twelve of them a day. The next two days she took two a day. I mean it, it was it was not a temporary improvement. It, it when you when you my experience with that kind of pain in in that kind of Sit early well early she'd had the pain for three months since since the uh, surgery she she had surgery on her neck because there was there was stenosis and they didn't fuse it and they had to operate on her a few months after we started treating her and she and they then the surgeons don't like you know if somebody's had this RSD uh, com uh, complex regional pain syndrome they don't like operating on them because the chances are it can flare up again mm -hmm. and and her it didn't it didn't come back at all i i had a 15 month follow up on her i i contacted her and, and she was she never got that pain back again what are the mechanics or electrical impulses and responses to acupuncture that allow for the relief of that kind of pain and then what does that tell us about our understanding of pain well it, you know, the sympathetic and parasympathetic are the two sides of the autonomic system. If, if the sympathetic is overactive, that's when you get the, this horrible pain. And it's, it can be, you know, life-destroying and, and doesn't go away if you don't get rid of it. It, it. You know, if you can't get rid of it somehow. Why doesn't it go away on its own? What, what has happened internally? Um, if acupuncture is used relatively early or even that you know well that's only that's three months that's you know if you if you're mm -hmm. suffering that's forever if, if you're the person with the pain but um, it then the chances of it working are are very very high 
Um, there's, no, there's no controlled studies on it. The issue is that acupuncture is so safe, we don't need a control. And, and, and each person becomes their own control. When you've had pain every day, every 24 hours a day for three months, and your pain goes away, you don't need somebody, you know, you don't need a, a trial where somebody gets phony acupuncture. The, 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 the randomized controlled trials were designed for drugs because drugs can kill you and can maim you and can, you know, can harm you. And so you have to be sure that the benefit outweighs the risk. Well, with acupuncture, the benefit always outweighs the risk. There just is, it's hard to think of a circumstance where it would be, you, you wouldn't, you mean you have to modify how you treat, how, how aggressively you might treat something. But um, you don't have, you're never sitting there saying, well, gee, you know, what's the relative risk here? Your clinic is devoted to helping those in pain, but you've also used acupuncture in helping people on the difficult journey with HIV AIDS. How does acupuncture play a role there? Well, when, when I was working, you know, I was involved with starting our hospice, Casey House, and, and so I had a direct connection with uh, a lot of people with HIV back in, this was in the late 80s into the 90s. Um, and so I, there were certain things that they had, uh, like, like there was a neuropathy that they got from medication, and they responded really well to acupuncture. Whereas um, peripheral neuropathy itself, with, uh, with that you get with diabetes or some of these other, you know, out of the blue you get it. Um, that it, the, the response with other people, people who didn't have HIV and weren't on those drugs, wasn't it was never it was never as dramatic as what we could do with them. Otherwise, it was there were some very challenging cases that uh, we tried it on and and didn't get anywhere. You know, we had a guy who at Casey House who had, couldn't move his head, not a millimeter, but he'd get nauseated. And they tried everything, every drug they could think of. And, um, and I tried my acupuncture and it didn't help. Uh, you can, you, it, it doesn't help everything. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to these sympathetic over, overactivity kinds of pains, I think that it helps almost all of them. Dr. Steven Sager, an oncologist, has embraced the use of acupuncture in the treatment of symptoms associated with radiation treatment. He, yeah, he was very enthusiastic about acupuncture. He, we, we taught him and he, uh, he took it very seriously and he and Raymond Wong did various uh, studies. How important is it to you now to have that kind of connection within the allopathic world? Well, um, I don't know that I'm not. I'm not sure how important how important or, or fruitful it, it it has been because what over the decades that I've been doing acupuncture and it would be I don't know how many years for Stephen it would quite a few. Um, there has been such a uh, the, the medical profession has really become you know very reluctant to do anything that they can't make a profit on or somebody can't make a profit on. So if, if it's not a gadget like a tens machine. Is a, is a gadget. Uh, acupuncture machines are acupuncture needles. You know, you can sell them, but um, it's it's not the same thing as uh, you know. It's easier to get make money from medications. And you feel that the medical community still is just well, 
driving more towards that versus opening its arms to a more holistic approach. Yeah, I do. I really do. And I think I think that um, there's you know it, it, there's there's been an effort to create an attitude about um, about uh, going back to nutrition is a, is the biggest one in a way uh, that you know that that's all garbage you know that you know you don't pay attention to it anybody who's talking about nutrition is 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 a quack is what they what that's been that that's the extreme end of of convincing people that it's not useful don't we have the expression you are what you eat we do and if you're sensible then you, you pay attention to that paying attention to what you consume and this has become the next part of your practice that is uh, that is being helping your patients find the right dietary mix i decided that what i should do is treat people get them started on nutritional supplements before I do the acupuncture. You see, I'm really good at not making money, right? So when you, when you do that, like people with migraine, I get them all taking magnesium and about a third or more, or, or more uh, don't need the acupuncture because, and we know, and even the neurologists know, there's evidence that, uh, that it can help. Magnesium can help. When you take a look at the landscape ahead of us in the field of integrative medicine, where do you think we are at and what are the challenges that are ahead of us? Well, I think I don't I, I think we we've I think we've, we've become much more aware that there's sort of parallel universes going on here. That there's people who like the functional medicine people and the people who are, have studied acupuncture, who and the nutrition itself, just, uh, you know, that we have a better understanding of what's going on in the human body. We're at a, a stage now where there's, you know, there battle, there's battle lines are drawn, kind of, I think. And I don't know. I understand that, and I understand all of that argument. But I can't help but feel that more and more people are saying, okay, fine. You're my doctor, and I need you for specific, specific health issues. But the greater and greater portion of the population are saying, I want to know more. I want to try other approaches because I'm in charge of my health. Yeah, I know that. I know you're right about that. But where that's going to go, I don't know. Thank you very much for your time today.